Hey, it's me, your host, Dustin, and today we're here with Devin Williams from Witch Hunter. So, Devin, tell us a little bit about you, you know, for everyone else out there who's not sitting here talking with us. Hey, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. I don't know. Um, my name's Devin. I play guitar in Witch Hunter. You know, we're, we're a hardcore band, a metalcore band from North Alabama. So if you're into that kind of thing. So, you know, the real funny thing is... I remember you from a band called Jerilyn back in, oh, I want to say 2012, 2013-ish. So, I'm curious. It seems like you followed the path of metal, which is rad, man. That's the music I used to play when I was in bands. Are there any other types of music that you would want to play that you're not currently playing? We're going to come back to Witch Hunter. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, man, the Jerilyn days were, yeah, that was a long time ago for me, man. That was back in the day. No, I've I've been in a plethora of bands since that time. I've been in a rockabilly band. I've been I'm actually currently in a another band too that is uh does more, is more like hard rock. Uh, we do a lot of covers and stuff too. So I mean, I, I have branched out and done some other things. But as far as like stuff I'd want to do, I don't really know. You know, I I was in a band for a, a good while called Veda that was kind of like a progressive band, and I just sang in it. So I've I've kind of done I, I've kind of come like full circle back to just like straight heavy stuff. But uh, for a while, I, I kind of did do some different things. Oh, that's funny, man. I actually remember Veda too. I totally get that. Had I, you know, I met my wife, and that's when I decided I was done trying to do music. I hadn't made it anywhere. I'd only played a few shows. Most of my bands weren't all that great, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm just gonna let this one go. However, so I gotta get, I gotta hear about these other bands, man. Rockabilly. I don't even know if I know what genre that is. It's funny that you say that though. That uh, you know, you traveled through it like that because when I was still playing music, I traveled through different genres too. I went from like straight metal on to, I did acoustic for a little bit. I did a little bit of bluegrass, kind of like rock bluegrass. I also did, uh, the last band I was in before I quit was, the last two actually. One, I was a DJ and I just made, you know, DJ. And um, the other one, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, you probably have, is it was a band that was modeled after Queens of the Stone Age mixed with a little bit of Nirvana. And that band was just another. And that was the best band I was in, but it wasn't moving anywhere. Like it was stuck in stall. And then I met my wife wife, you know, and I was just like, ah, fuck it. I'll go be a dad. And I gotta be real, being a dad's pretty great. Well, that's interesting because I, I actually kind of had found myself in a similar situation. Like, after I left Veda, I had the, the rockabilly band I was in uh, was a band called McPherson Struts. McPherson Struts played a lot. Like we we played all the time, and I had started dating this girl, and you know we had like moved in together, and things were getting kind of serious in that way. And and I kind of found myself in the same situation, I guess that you were in, where I I kind of decided that I kind of wanted to, because you know I'm I'm 32 years old, right? So I I kind of found myself in the situation where I wanted to kind of do what you had done. Like I kind of wanted to hang it up. And maybe like think about my job and focus more on my career. And so that was my plan after quitting those bands was to do that. And and I did that for a while. I, I had this other band that was just kind of like, a, you know, me and some guys on the weekend get together and jam, play maybe five or six shows a year, do some covers. And I'm, I'm still doing that band and it's it's a lot of fun. But that was like the only thing I had going on at the time because... 
I was, you know, going to like, quote, grow up or whatever. But then as, you know, I guess fate would have it, that relationship wound up falling apart, not working out. That's how it is sometimes. And I've just, I've never really done anything else other than be in bands and tour and play shows and stuff. So when, when that fell apart, I just basically went back to doing the only thing I really knew how to do. Oh yeah, man. I totally get that. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's, it's different. It's real different. But as, you know, as we're creative types, it, it eventually sprouts into something new that you wouldn't have ever expected. Like, uh, for me, it sprouted into writing comic that is, oh my god, so hard to get published. Like, I think getting signed to a major record label is probably easier than getting an indie comic published. It is retarded hard. But that led itself into me starting doing podcasts. Actually, my wife and our roommate, one of our really good friends who used to be over here all the time, we all started this podcast together but over the course of the last year that's been real hard on everyone everybody else basically except our friend whose name is gareth he just comes by sometimes <laughs> but anyway everybody else you know sam which was our roommate we kicked her out because she was being a shit and it took me some time but eventually i realized that i have the passion for it and i can do it by myself and it create it fills my uh, need to be creative like it you know between recording it and having the conversations and the time you put in and the editing and you know like from start to finish I do everything and it fills that almost what you would call a hole that I had for a need to do something quote-unquote maybe greater than myself which is what I always felt like music was it was like the inner me coming out being bigger than me so now that I've rambled on Uh, so, you said you've done a lot of touring. That's really cool. By the way, I love the name McPherson Struts. That just sounds cool as shit. Um, so what's like, you know, what would be your maybe top five bands you've played alongside? Okay, so, like, a lot to kind of backtrack on there because uh, that's so crazy, like, when I kind of, like, slowed down with the whole music thing, I actually really got into, like, comics as well, and I started collecting comics, and I even did a podcast for a while, too, that was a podcast about Magic the Gathering, because I really got into playing Magic and, like, going to Magic tournaments and being, like, you know, like, trying to, like, competitively play Magic, so my, I think the the problem with people like me and you is that I, I have to be doing something, like, artistic or creative, like, it doesn't matter what it is, so, like, even though I had, like, slowed down on music, I just, like, obsessed all my spare time with this, uh, with these other things and instead like instead of like you know actually trying to grow up i just focused all my energy somewhere else but uh yeah i, I actually started like working on a comic too like like i mean i can't draw for shit uh, at all so i haven't even attempted that but i have been like storyboarding it out and like trying to come up with like the plot and everything like that so i just i, I thought that was kind of neat that like in the absence of my like music of like doing music full time i i kind of went down some of the same avenues that like you yourself went down so i I thought that was kind of neat as far as the bands go mcpherson struts was a really different kind of gig for me it was the first thing i'd ever done that wasn't like a heavy band or like hardcore punk or something like that i mean maybe kind of punk but not in like you know like the hardcore kind of way that i'd always kind of done like heavier stuff struts all kind of came about because I worked with the drummer slash singer of McPherson Struts, Buck McPherson. Bucky is just a huge personality, man. Uh, and he put on a, a really good stage show. And their guitar player, they're, they're, they're still a band. They're, they're a three-piece uh, band. And Bucky plays drums. And he, ha- he has this weird drum set that he stands up and plays. So he's, like, at the front of the stage with his stand-up drum set. And uh, he wears, like, these big, like, platform, like, creeper shoes 
and like a cowboy hat and just like the, the, the total shtick like it's super cool but uh he, he asked me because i worked with him and they needed a new guitar player so he asked me to fill in with them on some gigs and and i was like I've never played any kind of music like this before at all. You know, it's like I, at the time I had like seven string guitars and like these metal amps and stuff. You know, it's like I, I, I didn't even know, like I had to like completely rebuild a, a guitar rig for that band and just like really kind of rethink how and like reapproached the instrument. It, it, it actually kind of made me relearn a lot of stuff and like revisit some more kind of like you know, classic guitar stuff that I had kind of strayed away from. Oh man, as as far as like top five bands I've played in, um, that's kind of wild. I don't I don't even know where I would begin with that list. I I, I guess you kind of have to, like, I, I guess if I don't say the band I'm in now, right? Like that's kind of ridiculous. So like I'd have to say Witch Hunter. The other band that I'm in at the moment is a band called First Right Theft. And that that was another band that was kind of, I guess like a first for me was being in like a real dedicated cover band because I had to really kind of get out of my comfort zone and like learn, you know, other people's music. And like, you know, if there was something I couldn't do, I couldn't just like bullshit it and not write it like I would in like one of my original bands. I had to learn the part. So that, that kind of, you know, helped me grow as a guitar player a lot too. Obviously like Veda and Gerilyn were, you know, big ones too for me because... Like, Veda was the first band I really, like, came into my own as kind of like a vocalist in. So I, I really got to become a good singer through that band. Like, I sang some in Gerilyn, but it was mostly, like, playing guitar and singing backup. But, like, being in Veda and being, like, the lead singer was, was kind of a, a new-ish thing for me that I, I really enjoyed doing. And then with Gerilyn, it was just, you know, Gerilyn was the, the first band that we, that I was ever in that I felt like, you know, went somewhere and, like, did anything kind of, you know. It wasn't the first band I ever toured with but it was just the first band that like at that level i felt like we were really doing something you know like greater than just like being a local band you got me with some of those dude the singer oh my god i gotta meet the singer from mcpherson's after you describing him that's the funniest shit what makes it a trip for me though is when i first really got into going to metal shows i was where i saw Geraldine. And it happened to be one of their first shows and strangely enough the guy that used to sing in it tim i think sexton he him and i used to chat over face or not facebook shit myspace messenger a lot and he taught me over the internet without voice recordings or anything how to do metal screams it was i mean you know that's just nuts it's insane that you've been in that many bands to me i mean i say that and then i sit here and think about it and it was not like i was any better i was just in tons and tons of them Okay, so, like, when you were with Veda, how long did that go on? Like, was that a couple years sort of thing, or just a few months, or, you know? And then my other curiosity I had come out of this is, what was your comic about? Because, like, I can't draw to save my life either, but I'm a writer, so I've written out a couple stories, and it's it's interesting to compare thoughts like this. And then, also... What is the name of your old podcast? Because if I can find it, I'm going to listen to it. That just sounds awesome. I never got into magic personally. It was just too much money. And like, you know, I, I already had a kid on the way and shit. And so like, I've never been about that spend a ton of money thing. Like, I think our recording setup was right around four or $500. And that was a lot of money for just podcasting. I've actually got three of the little peoples. Okay, so what's the farthest away that you've toured? Like, you know, like the farthest state away. I assume you haven't been overseas, right? And what all instruments are you able to play? What is your favorite? And also what is your, what are you, in your personal opinion, the best at? 
Yeah, man. Yeah, Bucky. Bucky's great, dude. I, I love Bucky to death. And being in Struts was a super cool experience. As far as the Veda thing goes, so th this is kind of interesting. People might, you know, be into knowing this that they might not. Uh, that I guess this is not common knowledge for a, a lot of people in the scene and stuff. But like Veda originally was just going to be Geraldine again. We had all gotten together and started writing, like you know, re like working on new material and everything. And we had decided that it was going to be Geraldine again. And then right as we were like kind of getting ready to launch it mono or andrew yeah we, we all call him mono um he got offered the gig in them dirty roses and they wanted him to move to nashville and so me and me and mono kind of talked about it and i was like dude you you have to like that 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 would that just sounds awesome like yeah like you have to do that you know but me and mono had kind of made a, a kind of pact with each other because like I'm, i wasn't an original member of Geraldine, but i came in kind of to the mix like super early on so we had had so many members and you know lineup changes and stuff over the years that me and mono had kind of decided between the two of us that like as long as it was me and him we we would call it Geraldine. but if one of us ever was not going to be involved for some reason then we would change the name or we, we wouldn't call it Geraldine anymore and so that's basically what happened is he wound up moving to Nashville, but me and Jesse and my brother and Brad had already been like jamming again. And we, we had been working on new material and stuff and we, we wanted to keep going with it. So we basically, cause like I was originally playing guitar and my brother was singing again uh, because it was just going to be Geraldine. And then we, we, we just recruited another guitar player and we just kept going and we changed the name and that's pretty much how Veda formed. And then eventually my brother moved to Colorado and and like somewhere along the way, we had decided to pick up a third guitarist as well. So we had three guitar players and my brother moved to Colorado and everybody kind of like ganged up on me one day and was like, hey, man, you know, we really don't need three guitar players. Right. Like so I basically that's basically how I became the singer in Veda. The As far as like the the podcast and the comics and stuff went, the comic that I am working on is kind of like I hate to just like directly compare it to something, but it's it's like sort of like X-Men ish like the people like have powers and stuff and it's not like a school or anything like that like I didn't like I wasn't gonna go that route with it because it just is a little too like blatant but uh the people have powers and stuff like that and there's like one guy that is ridiculously overpowered and they all have to deal with him to some degree the old podcast I did was called greatness at any cost and yeah man it was a cool podcast we probably did like 20 or 22 episodes or something like that I think and I had a I have a, a really cool like kind of home studio set up because I was like kind of getting into recording bands and stuff at the time too. So I had a really good uh, setup. I felt like the audio quality and stuff was like really good. You know, there was three of us on there and it was just like a weekly podcast. We would talk about like, you know, magic news and like different kind of decks and stuff like that. It, it was pretty cool. You know, if you're into magic, the gathering. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad, dude. I'm definitely looking it up. Okay. So I have a question while we're at this that I've always wanted to ask. Just like anybody, but specifically you guys. Does the name Gerilyn or Veda or like any of the names of any band, do they mean anything specific? Because none of my bands ever did. And I always thought that we were the odd man out for not having meaning behind most of our names. Like just another had a purpose and it was just because we were literally just another band. And it was just like a, you know, a play on words kind of deal. And the guitar player and I had been in every band except one or two that I was in 
together. So for him and I, it was literally just another band. But those were also back in my heyday of smoking heavy. And I'm not talking about cigarettes. I mean, I used to be the heaviest of heavy stoners out there, man. It definitely didn't help anything ever. It was just fun. Not that I would say I'm against it now. But what about you? How do you feel about pot? Why did your brother move out to Colorado? I gotta know that. And how is Mono's new band doing? Or I guess at this point it would just be his band. But you know what I mean. As far as like how far away I've toured, I've pretty much toured the whole U.S. Like I've been out to the West Coast, been up, you know, like California and like Portland and Seattle, you know, all across like the Southwest and the Southeast. Haven't done much like up like, you know, uh, like maybe like up north, haven't done a lot up that way. I have actually been overseas, not with like any bands or anything. I went to England with the Edouard Youth Symphony Orchestra when I was like 18. And we, I'm a classically trained violist as well. So we, uh, I went to England with the orchestra and actually performed over there on like a little orchestral tour. So I've done that. That was really cool. I got to play guitar in Shakespeare's house. That was neat. And, um, also, you know, it's funny that you're talking about you had gotten into recording bands because I had been considering it. If I had a little more friendly of an area to do something like that, I might heavily consider it. Especially because I've heard some EPs out there, you know, underground style, and they're not all that great. And I'm not a very good producer, but I could definitely make it sound better than it does. Although, you know, I produced everything for all of the bands and shit I've ever done because nobody else ever wants to do it and one day I learned it and then from that point on I already knew it <laughs> that actually sounds like a really badass comic to be honest and I totally get what you're saying because the only way for mine to work is if I just blatantly compare it to Constantine although it's not quite the same mine's about a cryptid hunter whose mom is like abducted by this like ancient evil style cryptid and he sets out on a journey to try to find her and you pick up like you see her get abducted and then it picks up when he's in his mid-20s and he uses like blood-based magic to conceal the evil cryptids he meets along the way and you know shit like that and then i'm working on this other one that's about a zombie apocalypse taking place on a on an alien base set on Neptune and it's been overrun by a virus that's causing everyone to turn into zombies and you got, you know, your one or two classic characters in their sort of trope style thing. But it's fun. It it lends itself to a lot of creativity and it gives me the chance to breathe in a different writing era. And random sidebar question here. Do you smoke cigarettes, and if so, what kind? I've always got to ask. Going to England, that sounds cool as shit. And playing in Shakespeare's house, I'm just going to be honest, that sounds way cooler than just neat. I think you're underselling yourself a little bit. (laughs) It's funny that you were trained as a violist. Granted, I wasn't classically trained. I was high school. But I played trombone and baritone all the way throughout my high school career in both marching and concert bands and uh the only thing i'd never did was jazz band and it's just because while in high school i wanted to play in a real band (laughs) i was just there to 
learn another instrument, I guess. I don't really have a good answer for why I was in high school band. Okay, so I'll, I'll try to kind of recap some of that, and then I actually kind of want to, like, break down, I guess, more of the plot of my comic I'm working on. As far as, like, band names meaning anything, Gerilyn is actually Mono's mom's name. Her name's Gerilyn. <laughs> they just named it after her. The story I got was that they were, like just formed they were all like in high school and they were going to play a show and she like drove them to they had a really they they had one of those like uh remember all those band names like my children my bride and stuff like that like back in like the mid 2000s you know all those like it had to have a certain amount of words kind of band names in it they they had a band name like that i can't remember what it was i think it was like a lesson before dying or something like that like and so they they kind of decided that like they didn't want to be that cliche with the band name so they were trying to rename it and like they were on this trip or to go play some show or something and uh, mono's mom had like drove them there and like got them a hotel room and stuff because they were all like 17 years old you know and so they were like i think tim actually was just kind of like why don't we just call the band Gerilyn? and then you know they that just kind of stuck and that just kind of became like the name of the band for whatever reason. Veda is actually from an anime because I'm a huge anime nerd. So Veda is from an anime called Gundam Double O. And Witch Hunter is actually a Witch Hunter is actually a I got it from a Zayo song called Witch Hunter that I just happened to randomly be listening to on the you know, in my truck one day and uh, me and the other guitar players, me and Samples is his name. Me and Samples were listening to it, and we were talking about starting a band, and we, we, we had come up with another band name, and then we got on Spotify, and we put in that band name, which was Blackwater, and we put in that, and there was like a bajillion bands and like albums and stuff with that name, and we were like, yeah, okay, no one's ever going to, that's not going to fly. And so then we put in, I, that song Witch Hunter was playing, so we punched Witch Hunter in and like, that song popped up and like nothing else, you know, hardly. And we were like, all right, cool. That, that seems like it will be a little, it'll go over a little better. Okay. Just to cut in real quick. I do remember those crazy band names. I think it's funny that it came from Mono's mom. Um, two of my band names were those crazy names. One was, Oh God, what was it? It was killing angels with halos and I breathed the coldest air. Like, it took a few years for us to figure out collectively that those long-ass names were ridiculous. Um, As far as, like, the weed thing and, I guess, the cigarette thing, too, is I, I used to smoke cigarettes, uh, like, all the time. You know, probably at, like, a pack-a-day habit at one point. I haven't smoked like that in years. I quit. I, I I still smoke every now and then. Like if if I'm at the if I'm at the bar or something, or if I like you know get a little drunk, I might want a cigarette. I prefer like Camel non filters. That's what I used to smoke, or just Camels in general. I, I hate Marlboros for some reason. I don't know why. I just always have. As far as the weed thing goes, like I I, I get. That weed, like, I get I get that weed, like, helps people a lot. And, like, I've been taking CBD oil, too, actually, and it's actually helped me with, like, some back problems and stuff like that. I just don't like being high, if that makes any sense. Like, it's just not one of those things I enjoy. Like, every time I do it, I'm like, why did I do this? Like, I, I, <laughs> I'm like, it's like instant regret every time. I'm just like, damn it, I wish I wouldn't have done this. 
So it doesn't like help me creatively in any way. So I, yeah, I, you know, other people do it. That's fine. Like I don't have any problems with it or I, I'm not against it or anything, but it just, it, it's never done for me what it's done for other people, I guess. So I, I don't really, yeah, I, I don't really do it anymore. Um, my brother moved to Colorado because he got offered a job out there. His best friend from high school had moved out there and like become a ski instructor at like a ski resort. And he just hit him up one day and was like, hey, I can get you a job out here. Do you want to move out here? And, you know, kind of similar to the whole deal with Mono, my brother like sat me down and talked to me about it. And I was like, dude, yeah, I mean, that sounds awesome. Like you got a place to live, you know, other than like a couple of tours that he did with Jerry and he's ever, he hadn't really like traveled that much at that point and it was like dude go like you know experience life go you know you're like 20 something years old like go yeah man go do it like go experience it you know so as far as my comic goes uh the comic i'm working on or the story i'm working on i guess you just can't really call it a comic at this point but the story i'm working on it's like there's these two main characters and one of them kind of has this like he kind of has this like deadpool wolverine ability where like he can't die like he just heals from anything that happens to him and the um the other main character is his wife and she she reincarnates every time she dies and she comes back and she like retains all her memories and stuff so the two of them are like immortals and they've been together for like three or four hundred years i haven't really figured like the logistics out on that but they've been together a long time and her other powers are that like she's telekinetic and stuff and she can like she can like time travel and like open up wormholes she's basically just like ridiculously overpowered the the kind of like situation they find themselves in is that there's this other guy who um he's a he's a body snatcher that's his power is he can leave his body and like take over other people's bodies and like some people are too strong-willed for him to do that too so he can't just take anyone but if he finds like a weak-minded person he can take them and he winds up stealing the body of someone with very similar powers to the female main character it's it's a doctor and he this guy's body he takes this guy can do a lot of the similar kind of like telekinetic stuff and like uh, he can like teleport and stuff the the main like bad guy his whole deal is that he wants to take the main character's body the uh the main female character he wants to take her body but she's too strong. And so he's taking this guy's body because the reason he wants her body is because he believes that if he takes her body, then he won't have to worry because like he, he, he can't survive outside of someone's body. So he doesn't have his original body. It died a long time ago. So he has to constantly steal people's bodies to survive. And he thinks if he can steal her body that he'll reincarnate like she does. But the first like, 18 years of her life she's not really that powerful and she doesn't really remember a lot and then when her and when she gets to a certain age like all her powers come back and her memory comes back and she remembers everything so the main the main like you know bad guy he he's he's trying to find her like at this like really specific point in her life where she's old enough to have her powers back and remember but she's like too weak to stop him from taking over her body and like stealing her powers basically so that, that that's basically like the plot of it and her her husband the like immortal guy that can't die is trying to he, he figures out like what's going on with this bad guy and he's trying to find 
his wife, who he hasn't seen in years because she's re- you know she died and then she's reincarnated. So he every time she reincarnates, he won't see her for like twenty years or something while she's remembering everything. And then when she remembers everything, she'll come find him. And so he kind of figures out he knows this guy, this body snatcher guy, because they're both really old. And he knows who he is. And he's one of the only people that can tell who he is, regardless of the body he's in. And so he winds up figuring out who this guy is and, like, what his plan is. And he's trying to, and so he's trying to find his wife before this guy finds her. Because if this guy finds her, he can do all kinds of ridiculous shit with her power. Like, go back in time and ruin everything or, like, you know destroy the multiverse or like whatever it is that he wants to do i'm just gonna be real man if this ever gets made i have to read every piece of it this just sounds amazing you've thought so much further into yours than i have which makes me feel really retarded (laughs) mine's basically like at this point the main character kurt and his best friend... Shit, why can I never remember this guy's name? I made him up. Ah! Anyway, him and his best friend are setting out. And where the comic really picks up, he's on his way to Washington. Because his mom's body has finally been found after, you know, like 15, 20 years. Her body just shows up half decayed and mummified in the woods of Washington State. And in the next... The next thing that really happens is he meets this ancient cryptid who has the ability to alter his appearance so people can't tell who he is or what he looks like or anything and he can just do that but the only way he can survive is by snatching people and eating them but he has to do it strategically or he gets caught he's on his way to find his mom's kurt's on his way to find his mom's body and he comes across this gas station, and he, uh, Bluetooth calls his friend, and he says, so is there anything noteworthy here? Then his best friend's like, yeah, man, there are reports of people disappearing here since the 1700s. You might ought to keep your ear out. And basically, he performs a piece of, uh, simplistic magic that reveals him, but not physically reveals him he can just tell that he's the bad guy or that he's the cryptid that's at this place and he basically tricks him into being bound by a blood spell from a symbol he drew on the guy's counter and he forces him to reveal himself and he's like gnarly and horrific looking and essentially he's going to kill the cryptid by slamming his cutting his own palm and slamming his hand down on the symbol with a stone in his hand. And when he slams it down, it binds the cryptid to the circle in the stone. And he gets trapped in there and the stone like basically bleeds to death. And that, you know, it's vaguely left open that he's dead. And from there, I don't really know what's going to happen. I know for sure he's going to go... He's going to make it to the crime scene and have to run off before the cops catch him. Then he's going to go to the city morgue where her body is, where he's going to meet another cryptid who he's going to befriend eventually. And basically, the only way Kurt knows that he's a cryptid is because 
there are reports of bodies being prematurely drained of their blood during autopsy. He's going to reason it away like, you know, the guy's going to be like, well, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm, I'm getting the sustenance I need without killing. And I'm taking it where it's hardly noticeable. And then he's going to, like, help them through their journey. And eventually, I plan for Kurt to be taken by the same cryptid. And the same one that took his own mom. And it's going to lead his best friend to have to get out and find him. And the journey's going to end up in, like, Antarctica or some shit. Like, I don't know. I got this grand scale of an idea for the ending. But I'm not even close to it yet. So I haven't, you know, planned, planned it. So what were your influences for you know, musically and also comics-wise. Like, you know, what, what comics did you like to collect? Personally, I'm down for anything Batman, preferably 90s Ford. I love the original Scarlet Spider that everybody hates for whatever reason. Spawn, Swamp Thing, you know, things along that general line. So... That sounds really cool and, like, super creepy, and I dig that. But as far as, like, music goes, I was really into, like, the early 2000s. Like, like I don't know if you've seen on Facebook where, like, Furnace Fest is coming back, but, like, basically any band that ever played at Furnace Fest, like, all those, like, Solid State Tooth & Nail bands, like Norma Jean and Zayo, and, like, just e basically anything in that kind of, like, underground metalcore vein is... It just always been my favorite kind of stuff. I, I mean, like, that, that was more like as I got older. Like, when I was a kid, though, like, my dad's a musician, and my granddad was a musician, and I just always, they, they both play guitar, and I always saw them playing guitar and heard them playing guitar. So, like, from a really early age, I always, like, wanted to play guitar because of them. And then as I got older, you know, and my dad, like, he was in a band, you know, back in the day, like, back in, like, the 80s and, like, in the 70s and stuff. And so he was always listening to, like, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and, like, that kind of stuff. So, like, that was kind of the first stuff I got introduced to. And then, you know, I, I found my own stuff with, like, that, with, like, you know, Norma Jean and Zayo and, like, those types of bands. As far as comics go, I'm, like, a big Marvel fanboy. Like, I'm not real into DC as much. Like, I like Batman. I, I have some Batman, but I'm really into, like, the Punisher and Daredevil. I'm really into Spider-Gwen. Like, all of the, like, Ghost Spider stuff is super awesome and i'm like super obsessed with it you know i didn't realize it but we're very close in age i just turned 30 last year and you turned 32 apparently so i totally get exactly what you're saying with all the music you know we're right on track on the same kind of interest there obviously like the x-men have always been like some of my favorite you know superheroes and like comic book characters and stuff like that too i'm also really into as i kind of alluded to earlier i'm really into anime so I've watched a lot of anime, and so that's that's been a big influence on me as far as, like, my writing and kind of how I think about, like, you know, like, heroes and, like, stories and stuff like that and how they would, like, pan out. That's awesome, man. You know, it's funny. I've always called myself a DC fan, but the older I get, the more I start to think, man, I'm pretty sure I'm a Marvel fan who just doesn't want to let Batman go. Because, like, I only like the creepy people from the DC universe. Because nobody, like, it's going to sound ridiculous, but there's way more realistic deaths and shit in Spider-Man or any Marvel thing than there has ever been in anything DC's ever done. Like, the, when people die, there are fairly realistic deaths. 
But in the grand scheme of things, your heroes almost never kill in DC and almost always kill something or someone in Marvel. And Marvel's stories are a lot better. They're not, they don't drag along real bad like DC does. Although I've got to admit, in the recent years, DC seems to have realized if they put more pictures and less, which I sort of thought, you know, would have been the antithesis from the beginning. More pictures is kind of the point at being a comic and not a book. But, you know, hey, who am I, right? As anime goes, I've had my stints with it in the past. I was real big into Death Note and Bleach and things like that around that era. And I'm an enormous Dragon Ball Z fan, but I don't really know if that should be considered anime anymore because it's so Americanized and popularized. It feels kind of like cheating to call it an anime. No, nah, DB, DBZ is totally still anime. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's made in Japan. It's produced by a Japanese company. Like, it, 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 it's it's absolutely anime. It It, it is, like, super kind of, like, normie as far as anime goes though i'm i'm really into like fairy fairy tale is an awesome anime anything with the word gundam in it i'm i'm about 100 percent uh i'm a big gundam fan like full metal alchemist is super awesome too a more recent anime i just watched called uh violet evergarden is really good so yeah I, I just, i've always been into anime oh man how could i ever have forgotten about full metal God, I loved that. I really haven't probably ever watched any anime that wasn't super normie, just to be honest. <laughs> I've never been a big fan of subtitles, so for me, it's a deal breaker, you know? Like, I, I read kind of ridiculously slow for whatever reason. So if it requires an enormous amount of reading, I'm not a huge fan of it unless I'm super passionate about it. And I've never been able to keep up with an anime trying to read because they talk so fast, and I totally get that. But I just, I guess I gave up hope when I was a teenager. I was like, all right, well, I'm never going to be able to keep up with that guy. So I'm just going to watch the stuff that I can watch in my own language. That's not to say that the artwork isn't beautiful and a lot of that other stuff, though. You know, I've recently gotten into watching animes dubbed parody style on uh, YouTube. And it's few and far between real good ones. Like you got DBZ Abridged, which is a staple. And then you've got Sword Art, Sword Art Online Abridged, I think is what it's called. And it should be a staple because it's about the funniest damn thing I have ever watched ever. Hey man, so I have just a few more questions before we wrap this thing up. Does Witch, have, Witch Hunter have any kind of promo you'd want to put out for you guys or like an album coming out or maybe some tour dates or anything like that? Yeah, we have a bunch of shows booked at the moment some of them i haven't been able to release yet just because they're so you know they're far out or the events haven't been made or whatever if you follow witch hunter on facebook or instagram you will absolutely be able to keep up with all of our live shows that we have that we'll be posting we have two songs out right now we have a music video that's on youtube for one of them and we're on all major streaming services like spotify and apple music and google music and uh, yeah, if if it exists online and you can stream music off of it, we're on there. So uh, you can find us on any of those. Like I said, you can keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram to you know see when and where we're playing live. All right. So one of our last two questions, and I like I try my best to make the last two questions something off the wall and crazy to kind of give you a heads up. Okay. So here it is. Your first one is. If you had to live in any fictional universe, where and why? 
Oh, man. Any fictional universe. Okay. Well, I'm going to give two answers. It would have to be either a Gundam universe, because, like, piloting giant flying space robots just sounds awesome, or it would have to be the Marvel universe, because, I mean, just, like, it's the Marvel universe, man. Just, like, everything that exists in that universe is just so, like, awesome and waggy that I, I yeah. It would have to be either a Gundam universe or the Marvel universe. Oh, that's a good answer. All right. So my answer is going to be just random every time because, well, I'm going to have to answer it every time. (laughs) It'd be boring for me to have the same answer over and over. I'm going to say today in particular, I think it would be very interesting to live in the Toy Story universe. Because who wouldn't want to have talking, living, sentient toys that aren't evil? You know? Because, like, all the other instances you have out there are, like, Chucky and Puppet Master and, like, creepy shit where they're going to murder you. In the Toy Story universe, you get happy, loving toys who are sentient. And that just sounds very interesting. If I had to pick something more adult, honest to God, I'm going to say Batman. Because Batman gets up to all sorts of shit, and I really wouldn't mind seeing that in person. Our last question is, what is your personal unpopular opinion? Mmm, man, that's spicy. Okay, my own personal unpopular opinion is that most, I feel, I feel like, I feel like a lot of people... Uh, don't take responsibility for their own fuck-ups. They try to blame everything else on, you know, whatever it might be. They try to blame it on their job. They try to blame it on, you know, the the politics. They try to blame it on, you know, their friends or their enemies or whoever else. But 90% of the problems in your life are directly your fault because of your own bad decisions and no one else's. And, like, that's not to say that you should just like, waller in that realization and, like, you know, be depressed because of it, but that you should learn from it. Like, learn why you keep sabotaging your own life and your own happiness and proactively do something to fix it or change it. Because if you keep placing the blame on any and everyone else, then you'll never, ever actually get around to solving any of those problems or or changing it or fixing anything. That has got to be the best answer that could possibly ever come from that question. Because you were, like, constructive in that. And that is awesome. I'm glad that you saw it that way. You say that to a lot of people and they just get really butthurt. Because they know it's true and they don't want to admit it. Oh, yeah, man. A lot of people get butthurt about a lot of things. And, you know, and it's I don't know if it's a product of the times that we're in. Or if it's just that people don't have the same sort of stand up for their own dumb shit that they used to have. These days, everybody, and I do mean everybody, puts their shit off on someone else if they can. And I get not wanting to get in trouble or whatever, but at the same time, like you said, you gotta know when you're causing the problem. Because it's obvious. My personal answer is... I feel like hardcore dancing is one of the worst things to happen to metal ever. I totally get you want to express yourself in your own free way while you're 
moshing or rocking out to whatever your chosen music is, but to intentionally fling your body parts around as hard as you can, aiming to hurt other people who aren't even involved in your little dance-off, it has always irked me down to the barest of bones, to the point that one of my bands had a song called, If You're a Hardcore Dancer, Fuck You, Man. That is... I, I can't get around that. But your answer was way better and will definitely give me pause before I answer next time. I'll have to come up with a much better answer. This was Devin. If you've got any last things to say to him, Devin, anything inspirational, please feel free to do so. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks for having me on the podcast. This was a really fun, different kind of way to do a podcast, and I, I really enjoyed it. I guess just, you know... Check out my band, Witch Hunter. Like I said, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we have a music video out. You can find it on YouTube. And uh, yeah, just keep up uh, with us and come out to a show. And I guess I will leave you with one of my favorite inspirational, one of my favorite inspirational quotes. So here goes. Well then, get your shit together. Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit so it's together. And if you got to take it somewhere, take it somewhere. You know, take it to the shit store and sell it. Or put it in a shit museum. I don't care what you do. You just got to get it together. Get your shit together. <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. All right, man. That is the most inspirational thing I've heard since Shia LaBeouf's. Well, what was his shit? I think his was get your shit together. Or very, very similar. I'm going to have to say it's a winner. That's a uh, it's a quote from Rick and Morty. <laughs> I would explain why I don't know it. I've never watched Rick and Morty. All right, Devin, it's been great talking with you, man. I hope we can sit down and do this again sometime. It'd be even better if we could do it in person, right? But this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you coming out and talking with us. Our uh, podcast network name, for anybody who doesn't know somehow, we are Time Flies Podcast. You can find us on, uh, well, at the moment, you can find us on Spotify and everything else major related to podcasts, except for Stitcher, Apple, and Pocket Cast. But don't count us out, because we're going to get in those too. I just had to change some metadata and titles and shit so Apple would stop being butthurt over the stuff I chose to put on my titles. Okay, guys, well, that was Devin. His band is Witch Hunter. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and any other major streaming platform. And now we're going to play their song, Villain Vilified. It's going to start approximately now.